Hello, and welcome to A History of Japan. Season 4, Episode 13, The Reign of Emperor Konin. The death of Empress Shotoku left a vacuum in the Daijo Daikan, which could very well have resulted in an Asuka-style succession dispute. Courtiers rapidly began coalescing around their favorite candidates, and without a unifying factor, the matter may very well have resulted in a clash of arms within the capital's walls. Luckily for the Kuge and the nation at large, there existed a massive unifying factor which even longtime clan rivals could agree upon, purging the influence of Dokyo from the court. Since the Empress's death in August of 770, Do Kyo had been holding a vigil at her tomb. While he had angled for the promotions and appointments of his many family members in the Yuge clan, there were limits to how far he was able to manipulate Shotoku Tenno, and the Yuge clan had never achieved full acceptance from the longer-standing Kuge clans. Most likely, Dokyo knew that his days were numbered, and may have been sitting vigil at his patroness's tomb, in part to reinforce his image as a humble, pious monk. Many of the Kuge were eager for the troublesome clergyman's blood in light of the sheer audacity of his previous ambitions. It was one thing to take advantage of the sovereign for the sake of enriching yourself and your family, quite another to try and manipulate the religious imagery of state to claim the chrysanthemum throne for yourself. Had there been a ready successor, I wonder whether Dokyo would have managed to escape public execution. While the Kuge were eager to have this upstart killed, they were even more eager to just be rid of him. Thus they arranged first for him to be stripped of his court offices and ranks, then reassigned to the construction department of Yakushiji Temple. The Hosso sect who managed Yakushiji then arranged for Dokyo to be sent to Shimotsuke province, far to the east. At some point, either before or after his provincial reassignment, he was also banished from Heijo-kyo. His family members were subsequently removed from their court offices as well, and banishments from the capital handed out as need be. Now that the imperial court was purged of Dokyo's influence, it was time to decide who would succeed the empress. This was not a straightforward matter, in part because while the line of Emperor Temmu had been the preferred pool from which to find successors, most of his descendants by this point had been killed in the many purges and uprisings of the Nara period. This meant that the descendants of King Tenji would also warrant consideration. Kibi Makibi believed he had found a suitable heir in a fellow Kuge named Funya Kiyomi. A descendant of Temmutenno, Kiyomi's branch of the imperial family had been officially removed from succession back in 752 
and given the surname Funya. Despite this removal from the official succession, he still held court rank and even served as a counselor during the reign of Emperor Junin. However, his fortunes fell when Empress Shotoku seized the throne, and he wisely resigned from government office shortly after the former emperor was deposed. Makibi supported either Kiyomi or his brother Ochi for the office of sovereign. From the line of King Tenji, there were a few suitable candidates in whom the Fujiwara clan became invested. Fujiwara Yoshitsugu, then serving as a counselor, initially supported Prince Yamabe, a great-grandson of Tenji, who was in his early thirties and well-liked by many. While Yoshitsugu managed to rally a few of his fellow Kuge to support this candidate, most Kuge objected that Yamabe's mother was not of Yamato royal stock, but descended from the exiled royal family of Baikje. Enter Fujiwara Nagate. Nagate had previously allied with Fujiwara Toyonari and supported the elevation of Prince Shioyaki as sovereign after Empress Koken rejected Prince Funado as the heir back in 757. As a result, Fujiwara Nakamaro marginalized him during the reign of Emperor Junin, but his fortunes rose quickly once more when Empress Koken overthrew Junin Tenno, and he eagerly helped with the effort to eliminate Nakamaro and was rewarded for his loyalty. Nagate was now the Sadaijin, Minister of the Left, and held considerable sway over the rest of his clan. He was one of the many nobles who considered Prince Yamabe less than suitable, and proposed instead to elevate Yamabe's father, Prince Shirakabe. Wanting to avoid an armed dispute, the leaders of these various Kuge factions met together and worked out an amicable agreement. This is usually the part where I tell you I'm just kidding, and that the capital was burned and the countryside laid to waste in the ensuing war, but this time I'm not kidding cooler heads prevailed, and, in exchange for promises of future promotions and appointments, Fujiwara Nagate's faction won the day, and Prince Shirakabe was accepted as the rightful heir to the throne. The story soon spread that Empress Koken left behind a letter in which she named Prince Shirakabe as her chosen successor, but this is believed by most historians to be a fiction meant to sew up the loose ends of this irregular succession and satisfy the lower-ranking Kuge and the people. In October of 770, Prince Shirakabe was installed as Emperor Konin, and succession was complete. This brings us to an important question. Who was this new emperor? Born in 709, Shirakabe was 61 years old when he became Emperor Konin, making him the oldest sovereign since King Keitai to take the throne. Keitai also, you may remember, had somewhat dubious lineage as the distant descendant of King Ojin, 
Shirakabe spent much of his early life without political concern whatsoever, marrying a daughter of Emperor Shomu in 744. Even this semi-political match seems to have almost been wasted on the prince, and he sought out no court rank nor government appointments. In 762, he was appointed to the Middle Council, though I was unable to find if it was Fujiwara Nakamaro or retired Empress Koken who placed him there. Regardless of his patron, he sided with the retired Empress in 764 and was rewarded for his support when she retook the throne as Empress Shotoku. In 766, he was appointed to the Upper Council, directly advising the Empress. The reign of Shotoku Tenno was a dangerous time for members of the imperial family due to the Empress's tendency to have the potential successors exiled or executed. Shirakabe thus pretended to be the Nara period equivalent of a trust fund brat, spending most of his time throwing parties, playing games, and getting embarrassingly drunk. Judging from his sober-minded reign, historians often assume that his public spectacles were merely theater, intended to convince Empress Shotoku that he was not a threat. If this was the case, then it worked. Unfortunately, Empress Shotoku left behind quite a mess beyond the troubles with Dokyo and his sycophants. Her most unpopular policy was revoking Emperor Shomu's law, granting perpetual tax-free ownership over reclaimed land that was used for cultivation. Even with the little enforcement this particular edict was given, revoking private ownership of land was extremely unpopular among both nobles and commoners alike. The only institutions afforded any exemption from Shotoku Tenno's edict were temples and shrines. This exemption had far-reaching consequences for farmers in the Kansai region, where the policy was most rigorously enforced. Smallholding farmers feared that the tax tribute would starve them out, a not unreasonable fear considering the long-standing budget shortfalls left by Emperor Shoumu and his many construction projects. Thus, many farmers began gifting their fields to the nearest monastery, nunnery, or shrine, and continued cultivating it, paying a periodic rent tribute to the institution. The rents were considerably less than what they would have paid in tax tribute, so everyone came out ahead. Everyone, that is, except for the government. Revoking Empress Shotoku's policy helped to slow this process, but the damage was done, and it would be years before the court would be able to afford another massive building project. Meanwhile, offices were left vacant, and responsibilities passed on to sitting members of the Great Council of State, and life went on. Fujiwara Nagate reached the apex of his power with the installation of Emperor Konin. Being that the new Tenno was quite old, his next primary concern was securing the succession. Cooler heads had prevailed this time. The government and the nation might not be so lucky next time. 
While Fujiwara Nagate had rejected Prince Yamabe due to his peninsular ancestry, his half-brother Prince Osabe was suitably Japanese enough to meet with his approval. In February of 771, just four months after his father's coronation, Prince Osabe was elevated to the position of crown prince, and his half-brother Prince Yamabe was prevented from ever ascending as the Tenno. At least, so it seemed. While Prince Osabe was a favorite of Fujiwara Nagate, he was only ten years old in 771, and thus his name hadn't even come up when the Kuge were deliberating over who would fill the shoes of the late Empress Shotoku. Emperor Konin was already 61. Did the other Kuge really want to risk having a child Tenno who might be easily manipulated by their enemies, or, worse, allow his mother to ascend the throne in the interim? It seems certain, however, that Sadaijin Fujiwara Nagate preferred having the boy as crown prince, and he was the power behind the throne, so as long as he was alive, young Prince Osabe would be safe. In March, one month after installing the young Osabe as crown prince, the illustrious Sadaijin Fujiwara Nagate succumbed to an illness and died. He was 58 years old and had managed to survive some of the most turbulent times in the Nara period. With his death, Fujiwara Yoshitsugu was promoted to become part of Emperor Konin's inner council and essentially took Nagate's place as the most powerful courtier in the nation. The following year, 772, would bear witness to the eruption of one of the most spectacular scandals of the Nara period. Before we press into the scandal of 772, I'd like to take a moment to talk about Fujiwara Yoshitsugu. The Shikike branch of the Fujiwara clan, from which he hailed, had been politically marginalized for the last three decades because of the rebellion of Yoshitsugu's most famous brother, Fujiwara Hirotsugu, in 740. After the rebellion, Yoshitsugu himself was exiled to Izu, a remote peninsula in the southern part of the eastern Kanto region, for his supposed role in supporting the uprising. He languished there in obscurity until he was recalled to the capital two years later. He served in low-ranking offices and eventually grew to resent his cousin Nakamaro's great success as he became the most powerful kuge in the land. According to the Chronicles, in 763, he and several co-conspirators plotted to assassinate Nakamaro after he had promoted his three sons to council positions. This plot was discovered, but Yoshitsugu claimed that the entire plot was his alone, thus sparing his allies whatever punishments Nakamaro had in store. I must admit a level of confusion regarding Nakamaro's actions here. Rather than have his errant cousin executed for treason, 
he merely had him stripped of office, rank, and family name. This is a vastly different reaction than what we saw during the Tachibana Naramaro's plot, for example, and my only guess is that perhaps by 763, Nakamaro could already feel the reins of power slipping out of his hands, and hoped that showing mercy might help bolster his reputation against the slander of the retired Empress Kōken. Yoshitsugu was recalled to the capital, with his name and rank returned to him during Nakamaro's fateful rebellion in 764. I imagine a certain level of relish on his part, as he assisted in the effort to destroy the cousin who had repeatedly snubbed him. He is credited with leading some of the reinforcement archers who eventually crushed the usurper's army, and was greatly rewarded with rank promotions and high offices throughout Shotokutenno's reign, and was even named as a high counselor just before that sovereign took ill. After supporting Prince Shirakabe, who became Emperor Konin, he changed his name. Before all of this, he had been known as Sukanamaro, and it was only in 770 that he began to be called Yoshitsugu. Getting back to 772, the scandal that rocked the court featured all of the Nara period hits, secret plots, witchcraft, and treason. It centered around Crown Prince Osabe's mother, Empress Inoue, who was a daughter of the late Emperor Shomu and half-sister of the late Empress Shotoku. Part of Emperor Konin's initial claim to the throne rested on the fact that she was married to him, a fact that seems to have become inconvenient for both the sovereign and key members of his court. We'll examine this scandal in greater detail next time and try to unravel which shadowy figures in the court may have been behind the accusations and subsequent rearrangement of the imperial succession. Until then, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at A History of Japan, visit the online store ahistoryofjapan.threadless.com, and find us on the web ahistoryofjapan.com. Thank <laughs> you.